Hey, this is Brad the Nomad, uh, finally recording a new episode. This episode's going to be a little different than the rest of the series as I envisioned it, because uh, it's just my first impressions on Prague and teaching English. So I felt it should be a little raw, basically, getting the ums, the ahs, and pauses and stuff like that. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is my first impressions of uh, Prague and uh, teaching English as a vocation. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Uh, as I record this, it's August 17th, 2014. I've been here for just over two weeks, and I've gotten a pretty good sense of how both the city and the industry are. So uh, we'll start with the city. I'm probably going to be making a lot of comparisons to New York City because, well, that's my line of measurement. That was the city I'm most familiar with, and I spent seven years of my life in. So uh, if you're familiar with New York, you'll get my comparisons. But anyway, um, Prague is a much smaller city than than New York or, or a typical American city. It's a population of about 1.3 million compared to uh, New York's eight, Los Angeles is three, Philadelphia's a million, etc., etc., uh, but what I really like about it is that there's a sense of of, of a soul, of a culture here that uh, you're really not seeing in America. You, you go around and you see these amazing buildings, Renaissance, Baroque, neoclassical, uh, Gothic, all lined up next to each other, and it, it works. Uh, the city just has this soul that, that I like, and... It doesn't feel as rushed and determined to make money at all costs as American cities. And I really like that. Uh, the atmosphere, uh, it, it is a major city, so there is a sense of hustle and bustle. There's a lot of tourists. There's a lot of uh, getting around. But it, it doesn't feel as hectic as as an American city, and, and that's what I really like. I think towards the end, that's what was really burning me out on New York, is just that I could stand the, the, the chaos and... and and the uh, hustle. Uh, in Prague, I just don't feel the need to, to hustle very much. I just amble along and, and I enjoy it. And I, I like that uh, aspect of it. There's a lot of interesting differences, though, between uh, the Czech Republic and America. Uh, one thing is that, like, nothing is free. Okay, that's a fact of life. But what I mean by that is, like, there, there's charges for everything. Uh, there's charges... To use the bathroom, there's charges for takeaway meals, boxes, there's uh, charges to print something in a hotel reception room. It's just kind of interesting. It's like everything comes with a fee. Uh, the banking system's really weird. It's um, uh, the bank that I'm probably going to be joining. Uh, I need to put a certain amount of money in the bank every month or I'm going to get a charge. And I need to spend at least th on three things every month, or I'm going to get a charge. It's not like that in, in America. At TD Bank, I just have my account, and uh, I'm good to go. It's just really interesting to see the different uh, culture there. Um, what else is interesting here? Well, the, uh, the living situation is good. I have a nice big apartment because uh, a lot of these buildings in Prague are older buildings, so they have uh, these big open spaces, Yet one thing that's really hard from America is that the bathroom is split. Uh, so when you think of a typical American bathroom, right, you got the toilet, you got the tub, you got the, the sink. Uh, the sink and the tub are in one room, and then the toilet is in a little room nearby all by itself. And it flushes more like a bidet. Uh, I found that art the hard way the first time I used it. Uh, we don't need to get more graphic than that, but 
just the layout is just I never really considered it. The shower itself is interesting. It's not the mounted setting like you see in America. It's like a tube. It's kind of like a a water brush, really, and you and you use it. Well, I'm I'm acting it out, even though you can't see it. Uh, you use it to basically wash your back from behind. So instead of just standing under the shower head, you're you're constantly moving around and and, and scrubbing yourself with with the uh, with the shower head. Um, one thing that really sticks out for me in comparison to New York is the metro system. Uh, of course, New York City has a huge metro system, which is uh, really painful to use, even for locals. The constant crowding, the constant delays, the constant hikes, it's just... Um, I have yet to have even so much as a delay in Prague. It, it really is night and day. There's three real forms of uh, mass transit here in the city. There's uh, the metro, which is basically the subway. There's trams, which are above-ground trains, kind of like old cable cars. And there's buses. And all three of them work like around the uh, clockwork. They don't work around the clock. They actually stop around midnight, and they get back into service around 5 a.m., uh, but they're they're clean, they're fast, they're efficient, and uh, they they operate on a dime, which is a huge difference from the MTA. One thing that's really different in between New York and Prague are the stations. They're they're clean, they're gorgeous. Uh, you look down and you can see the tracks. You can see there isn't a single speck of garbage or grime on the tracks. Whereas in even the busiest places in Manhattan, it's just it's just gunked, gunked with decomposing garbage and it's just horrible to be in there especially during the summer no they're spotless and one thing that's really interesting is that you do not have like a metro card uh like you would in new york city or an american city uh you just walk on the train and i don't hear what i'm not saying i'm not saying it's free but it is in the sense that you just you buy the ticket which is a little piece of paper uh, same system as an american system you have daily weekly monthly unlimited and you just walk through. There's no turnstiles, and you get on the train, and, and off you go. Uh, you can get to the city center from where I'm living in about 20 minutes. So everything's really close together. There is one really interesting thing that you don't really see in American transit systems, though. Uh, there are inspectors. So if you think you can just buy your ticket, walk on, and haha, you beat the system. No, there are people on the platforms, and I've heard in the trains themselves who will stop you and ticket you uh, if you don't have have the ticket. Uh, I have been stopped once, but, of course, I was a, a good little boy and I had bought my ticket. But, uh, you know, just claiming, oh, I speak English won't help you because he knew enough to demand ticket, ticket. And uh, that's really interesting to me. Uh, it's There's a lot of honor system here in the Czech Republic, uh, a lot of... Basically, you know, my business is my business, your business is your business. We don't need to get into that. There isn't this sense of um, uh, paranoia or, or fear, basically, like in America. Um, as long as you have the money, as long as you're behaving, as long as you do your work, then there's no problems. And that's something I'm really enjoying about the culture over here. Uh, I was asked on the weekend when I said, oh, I'm going to do this uh, podcast, could you tell us about food and beer? <laughs> well, uh, considering I'm trying not to spend money and most of my life I've been a teetotaler, I'm really not the authority to go to on these topics. But uh, I, I have tried both. Um, the food is, I hear, pretty good. 
Uh, I've also heard that Prague doesn't have one of the great reputations of cuisine that, say, uh, London or Paris or Berlin has, but it's starting to pick up since the end of, the com- of uh, communism. Uh, I've had a few Czech delicacies. I think the one I enjoyed most so far is goulash, which is a uh, thick uh, soup-like substance with, with big chunks of beef in it and nice big potato dumplings and some onion gl- uh, garnishing. Very, very good. It's delicious, and it, and it worked well with the beer. Uh, that was the other uh, thing. People wanted to hear about what the beer is like. Well, I don't drink much beer, uh, but I have been drinking... Definitely I'm more over here now that I'm over here. I've probably had more beer in the past two ye- weeks than I've had in the past 29 years total. Uh, I still kind of bristle at the aftertaste of the beer, uh, but it, it goes down a lot better. It goes down a lot smoother, and I just enjoy drinking it more. I'm certainly not drinking it uh, with regularity, but if I go out with friends or if I'm treated or if someone says, hey, Brad, I want to have a beer with me, yeah, yeah I'll accept. Um, the beer that I prefer over here so far is Pilsner. It's uh, made in the city of Pilsen, which is a day trip basically from Prague. And it's very good. It's, it's very rich and creamy. It's got a big head on it. Um, I don't know enough about American beers to really give a comparison, but uh, basically it uh, is a lot better than Budweiser. That's the uh, uh, assumption over here. And, of course, the real Budweiser or Budvar is also produced in the Czech Republic. Uh, That's a story that will probably merit a podcast of its own, so I'll save that for later. Uh, Overall, what do I think of Prague and the Czech Republic? I, I, I really am falling for them. I, I, I think it's a nice country. I'm managing it around pretty well. Uh, English is kind of the unspoken second language. Uh, you go to a major city in America, you'll, you'll see Spanish as, as signage everywhere. Well, there's a lot of English signage in Prague. There's enough for you to get around. And it's interesting just that the interplay, when I was coming from the airport into the city center, uh, I saw like an ad in Czech, and then I saw an ad in English, and then I saw an ad in both Czech and English, and then I saw an ad part Czech with a like us on Facebook in English. So it's just really interesting to see that the the English is uh, apparently people want to speak it, and I guess that's why I'm here. So that clumsy Sieg, uh, maybe I should talk about why exactly I'm here in Prague, which is uh, teaching English. So, again, as I record this podcast on August 17th, I am halfway through the four-week course that I'm taking. And basically, uh, the closest analog I could pick for the kind of work I'm doing and the intensity would be grad school. It reminds me a lot of grad school, a lot of intense work, um, a lot of discussion, a lot of interaction with, with, with classmates. And uh, there, there's a couple of different things that I have to do in order to be certified. Uh, that's when I get to go to teach on my own. Uh, the first is I have to teach five lessons, and three of them have to be judged successful by instructors. At this point, I've done two, I've succeeded at two, so all I need is one more. So that requirement might be fulfilled as early as Wednesday if I do well. So that's good. Uh, I have to do a grammar presentation this week, which I'm a little nervous about because I'm realizing now how much my grammar is on autopilot, how much I've forgotten since I'm just saying it as opposed to thinking, oh, this is third-person present indicative. Uh, I also have to take a grammar test. 
I have to teach a volunteer one-on-one, hoping to do that this week. And I also have to finish just regular coursework, which is just like college or grad school, me sitting there listening as they go on and on about uh, the topic. I would have to say grammar is getting a lot of play. And uh, one question we get a lot, uh, especially uh, from from family and friends, is how do you teach when you don't know the other language? Well, well, that's the whole idea. It's called immersion. And uh, I learned this firsthand my first day when I'm sitting there waiting for a lesson, and this guy comes in, he just starts speaking in Czech to me. And I have no idea what he's saying. But then he starts pointing to himself, and he says a word, and then he scribbles on a piece of paper the same word. Okay, that's his name. He motions for us to do the same. And uh, next thing I know, by the end of the hour, I know how to say my name, introduce myself, say how I'm doing, and say goodbye. That's just in the course of an hour. And I've been using that around Prague. So that's how the immersion uh, 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 style works. It basically... You are immersed in the language. You have only the language to work with, and bit by bit by bit by bit, you you grow uh, into 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 being able to speak the language. So that that is interesting, and um, it's not as hard or as nerve wracking as I was afraid it was going to be. Oh, don't get me wrong, I've had troubles, but it, it's going a lot smoother than than I thought it would. And uh, what's it like to teach? It, 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 it's, it's fulfilling. It, it kind of reminds me of my better days in New York as a tour guide, that, that feeling of looking in their faces and seeing the aha moment or seeing them get it, it. It feels really fulfilling. I mean, you think about it, I'm getting the power to possibly change lives. And I don't say that very flippantly. I say that in the sense of, you know, look, I might be teaching these people a language they can get a better job. I might be teaching them how they can go abroad, how they could speak to a family member they never had the chance to speak to that grew up in in America. Uh, The person that I'm doing one-on-one tutoring with right now, uh, she wants to learn English so that she can watch American films, read American literature, and go to the U.S. and visit, especially New York and San Francisco, and and get around fine. And it's just something really admirable about that, people who, who want to acquire a new language and it's kind of fulfilling to see to see them get that and to see them grow not just as students but but as people and being able to do that and say that that's what I've done in my life that's that's kind of cool um my thoughts on the industry well at this point my biggest concern is can I get a job uh, I've decided to put the stakes down in Prague officially and I'm told by numerous people very you know of, of course that yes there's plenty of jobs to go around one of my classmates has already put out several feelers. All have been responded to with an interview request. So there's plenty of jobs out there, and I'm going to start uh, my own job search this week. So at this point, I just have to try and, and hope for the best. And if not, I'm sure there's plenty of industries in Prague that could use an English-speaking person. Uh, so my thoughts on the industry are, this is something I can do, this is something I can enjoy, and I'm eager to get started once uh, things are, are further in place. So the big question here on um, on this all is well, what's next? Well, clearly, first I need to finish the course. Uh, that's coming along as best I can. And while I'm finishing the course, obviously I'm looking for a job. I'm going to start doing that this week. I'm optimistic I'll be able to find one. I'm a little concerned that that 
uh, fixation with experience might follow me here, but uh, from what I'm understanding with the teachers and other people who gone through the program is that these people are hiring you knowing you're new and that you're going to grow into the role. Uh, one instructor put it that this is basically being the Hippocratic Oath of, of teaching English, that you're, you're making sure that you will do no harm and that you will grow and develop on your own after the course. Uh, I predict that I'm going to be able to make the course requirements just fine. I'm doing well. We're halfway through the course. Uh, the instructors don't seem very concerned about my progress. I don't seem very concerned about my progress. That's good. Uh, as I record this this weekend, I finished signing a lease for an apartment. I'll be sharing it with uh, what sounds like the setup of a joke. Uh, a guy from Italy, a guy from Slovakia, and a guy from Nigeria. It's a big room in uh, Vinorari. Uh, which I mentioned in my previous podcast. It's kind of a gentrifying area. Beautiful view of the city. Eight minutes from the metro. Eight-minute ride from the city center. So that should be good. And, oh, it's also affordable. Um, uh, The biggest problems after that are going to be getting the visa and the trade license. So in order to make this work, I need two documents. Uh, The trade license says I can work in the Czech Republic. The visa says I can stay in the Czech Republic. So I kind of need both of these in order to make things work. Uh, I've got the uh, start of both processes going now. I'm just waiting on the landlord and her brother to sign uh, some forms. Hopefully they should do that. They, they said it will be done by Thursday. And then after that, I can get the uh, the trade license, which is the easier of the two to get. The visa is a little more complicated because I'm going to have to actually leave the country to file for it at a Czech embassy. And at the moment, it looks like I'm going to be going to Berlin for that because I'm just a huge buff of German history and I want an excuse to go to Germany, even if it's just for an overnight trip there. I can't really do much touring. I do the interview. I come back to Prague. Eventually, I get the visa and then I have to go back to Berlin to pick it up. And then I come back and then I can stop worrying. So right now we're in the middle of the rush phase, basically. I'm scrambling to get 80 things done at once. And it's what really interests me is like I'm not as stressed out as I thought I'd be. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I, I'm better at handling anxiety. Uh, I'm not dealing with New York anymore. I don't see where I'm living as essential to my happiness, which was the mistake I made in the Big Apple. Uh, but overall, I think that... Uh, it's just going better. It just feels right for me that this is something that I'm doing. It's good and it's going to work and and I'm really excited to get things started. I just feel very positive about my prospects and I'm excited to see where this takes me. Uh, My dad said keep the big open mind about this and that's what I'm doing. I'm doing the best on that. Uh, So hopefully within a month of this recording I'll be settled in my new place, I'll have a job, I'll have a trade license, the visa will be on the way, and if that is true, overall, we're we're in good shape. So, there we go. I wanted to briefly close uh, with a note about what uh, happens with the podcast here. So, basically, what I'll be doing is I'll be doing episodes on uh, topics... Uh, that I'm reading about right now or that I've seen. So buildings, events, biographies, um, maybe general histories of places. I'm looking at a way of getting these illustrated. I know one podcast I listen to has some episodes where there are pictures showing up with them as you watch the podcast. 
So I'm working on getting that squared away uh, because I think it'd be better if I'm talking about, say, Prague Castle and you can see pictures of what I'm talking about. Um, I have several ideas for, for topics on podcasts. Uh, I'm just going to have to sit down and do them. Uh, they'll be more like the previous episodes, you know, scripted and me talking and, and talking about it and not going, um, 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 uh, like I've been for the past few minutes. Um, and hopefully I'm going to get a Facebook page started so that if any of you are listening and you're not like my friend or family, uh, you can, you can follow along without having to deal with that. And once I have the knowledge base and the time and the effort, uh, I'm going to be doing another podcast on the side of uh, Brad the Nomad. I'm going to be doing a general history of Europe, which is basically what it sounds like, the history of Europe from prehistory to the present day. It's a pretty ambitious project, to be sure, uh, but it's, uh, it's a good challenge, and I think what I really need right now is a challenge. I think part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is I was just really bored, and I wanted a new challenge, and... Oh boy, am I getting it. But uh, it's a good China challenge, and I'm enjoying it. Well, uh, that about sums up my thoughts, even if it's a little bit rambling about Prague and uh, TEFL right now. Uh, if you need the too-long-didn't-listen version, uh, things are going pretty well. Things are enjoyable. They're tiring and stressful, but but in a good way. And I don't regret leaving New York, and I certainly don't regret embarking on what is probably going to be a life-changing adventure. And I'm eager to see what comes next, and I'm eager to get all the pieces into place and really get things started, not just in Prague, but in looking around Europe. All right, so that's all I have to say for now. Uh, I will conclude the podcast on that. And uh, tune in next time where I'll be talking about a building event or topic from Prague's history. I'll pick one of them and uh, tell you another great story about the mother of cities. She's got a lot of stories to tell, and I'm excited to share them with you. All right, that's it. And until next time, happy travels. <laughs>